All right, Faith Promise, who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Hey, don't forget, we spent three or four months not able to gather to worship. Never take the gathering of God's people for granted. Amen. So whether you're in one of our campuses in person or online, we're thrilled to have you. We love you. Hey, about 30% of Faith Promise still has not been back in an in-person gathering. If you are susceptible or have health issues due to the coronavirus, we encourage you to stay home until you feel safe coming back. But let me talk to another group, part of that 30%. Who decided you like staying home on Sunday morning? You enjoy the house robe and those, oh, those are ugly slippers, ma'am. And you're sitting watching with your coffee. The, the, hey, online is not for your convenience so you don't come together with the people of God. So next weekend, get up, get dressed, get your butt to the house of God, and let's worship the God of the house. Come on. We love you. And there is so much you miss when you are not gathering together. The, the really, Hebrews 5 says there's a, part of just the elementary principles is the laying on of hands. You can't do that across the screen. So we love you guys. God is moving in incredible ways, especially in this series, because it has so revealed the heart of God, because God accepts no excuses for his saints, his servants, and his soldiers to share their faith. Would y'all agree with that? Four of you, would y'all agree with that? A lot of you don't agree. Listen, and it's my fault. It's preacher's fault, and you're going to learn why you don't agree with that before this message is over, because listen, ignorance is no excuse of the law. Have you ever been pulled over by a police officer? I've heard about it. <laughs> and the officer says, do you know why I pull you over? We all get this dumb look like, no. You were speeding. I was going 50. The speed limit is 35. Well, I thought it was 50. And the police officer said, oh, you didn't realize? I'm so sorry. Live long and prosper. Have a wonderful day. Is that what they say? As they're pulling their ticket book out and said, you didn't know, tough sucks to be you. Here's a ticket. Have a wonderful day. Ignorance is no excuse of the law. So even though preachers have blown it for the last 50 years on this topic, it's still there are no excuses. Now, when you think about church and stuff that needs to be changed, we're always changing around here at Faith Promise. So listen, if you don't like something, don't worry. We're not going to do it very long. And if you love it, don't get too attached because we're gonna, not going to do that very long. The only thing we're going to keep doing is singing and preaching. Those things are biblical, but everything else we're going to move and come around. But everything in church that you think, well, I wonder why we did that, was an answer to a problem some time ago, like choir robes. Do you know why we have choir robes or back when we had a choir? We had choir robes because in the 50s and 60s, every woman wore a dress to church. And when she sat up in the choir office, she sat down about eye level, are y'all with me? People invented choir robes, and they were incredible for modesty, and they solved the problem. Then people said, how come everybody wears those ugly orange robes? We don't know. Why do we have church at 11 on Sunday to give you time to milk the cows and pick up the eggs? We do that at Kroger now, but used to, you did it in the yard. And so everything, so this invitational culture that we've created for the last half a century, this attractional church model, we did it because surveys showed Christians were not ever going to share their faith. And so we created a system in America that was open a church for you to invite your friends. The problem is that method no longer works. 
And I'm pragmatic enough. Listen, if the horse is dead, dismount. Are you with me? Get off the horse. It's dead. I don't care how much you beat it. It's not going any farther. So if we care for the lost, we have no choice but to come disciples that make disciples, and that is the will of God. Seeker-friendly will always be. We want everybody to be welcome in the house of God, right? Jesus was welcoming, but we made them feel welcome in our world, but we never got comfortable in theirs. They might taint us. They might tempt us. They might trash us. Jesus felt comfortable out there with them, so we should feel comfortable. Only Christians would rationalize a bad strategy that's easy and has no accountability. Do you know the Bible says that children, that the children of darkness are more shrewd concerning their own than children of light? Well, we, we, we rationalize. Even though Jesus commanded in the Great Commission, his dying command, go therefore unto all the nations, all the ethnos, we get a word ethnicities, go to all the nations, making disciples of them, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You've got to win and to baptize them. And then teach them to observe all that I commanded you, which is to make disciples. It's a cycle, a cycle of multiplication. So if you're a Christ follower, the great commission is for you to make disciples and make disciples. We've gotten off track so many times. We got off track with the attractional model, and we took the burden away from believers. We got off track because we thought the moral majority would fix every problem in America about 50 years ago. Are you, are you with me? Just like we believe that election in a few weeks will fix every problem, it won't fix any. If, you're, if your hope and future is hooked on a donkey or an elephant, you are in trouble. Are you with me? God's okay in heaven. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their descendants begging bread. God's going to take care of this. Now go vote. Do the right thing. I'm not telling you don't get involved as, as a citizen. Just like Jeremiah said, hey, while you're, while you're captive in Babylon, pray for the prosperity of your city because as it prospers, you'll prosper. I'm not saying don't do that. But listen, laws don't make a great nation because people break laws. The reason you just gotten pulled over is because you broke the speed limit. People kill people. They shouldn't do it. It's a law. I know it. It's not laws that make a great nation. Great people make a great nation whose hearts have been transformed by the goodness and grace of God. So this is the, if you've been born again, this is not our home anymore. Anybody here going to heaven? Come on, anybody going to heaven? So listen, this is not our home. Don't get comfortable here. Get comfortable there. And we're to use our time to win people that are far from God lost is lost. We got to win them. Now, for a lot of you, this, is, this series is really sort of brand new. Let me tell you why. Listen, this can shock you at how quickly it's changed. Watch this. In 1993, surveys of believers, nine out of 10 Christians in 1993 believed it was their responsibility to share their faith. Now, for me, 1993 feels like about three years ago. Some of y'all get what I'm talking about. Others, that's the dark ages. 1993, every Christian. 2017, three out of 10 Christians believed sharing their faith was everybody's responsibility. Today, listen, four out of 10 Christians avoid any discussion about Jesus if people will reject them. Now, let me, and then let, me, let me give you the real killer. 
The bulk of millennial believers, and we got a lot of millennials at Faith Promise, believe it's wrong to share Jesus. It's wrong. Why? Because 50 years ago, we took the burden off the people, and we said it's the pastor's responsibility. And after 50 years of saying, bring them, we'll win them, the church said, okay, it's not my responsibility anymore. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I, I, I assume that. I mean, I, I get it. See, it's not fear of sharing Jesus. It's not tolerance that keeps us from sharing Jesus. For many of us, it's shame. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Or, listen, 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 come here. Have you just believed the lies of the enemy that says never talk about Jesus? Talk about politics, talk about science, talk about Buddha, talk about Mohammed, talk about anything you want to talk about. But it's wrong to talk about Jesus. See, this message is not about shame. It's about what is your next step. Does that, does that make sense? So now whether you're here this weekend and you say, I don't even know about it. I don't even know that I believe in God. That's cool. We're thrilled you're here. Man, you can, be, you can belong before you believe. But, and in a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to take your next step. But before that, I'm going to give believers an opportunity to take their next step. So in your seat is a card. Faith promise it looks like this. And, and I started working several months ago on a, on a tool I call now Four Levels of the Soul Winner. I was traveling with John Maxwell. We were going somewhere together. I said, hey, John, help me work on this sermon. So I pulled my notes out. I said, I have four levels of a soul winner. We started going over, and he started, man, we started changing. He said, now, when you, when you do this message, send it to me. I expect it to be better. So it's way better than John did. Just, John, I love you. Man. So I'm going to send it to you. It'll be your next new book, and I need some royalties. All right, so four levels of a soul winner is really like four levels of a giver. We created that to help you enter the generosity journey, climb up to where God wanted you to be. Here's going to be four levels for you to get in. Now, I've been praying for a decade, 10,000 by 2020, 10,000 promisers that are all in. And who's, who's all in? Come on, who's all in? And so I want you to pick what level you're on and what burden you have because God wants you to grow and increase. Ephesians 4, grow up in all aspects. Level one, are you ready? If you're ready, Sam, ready. Level one is an attractor. An attractor is someone who prays for opportunities to share their story and to share the gospel. It's what we do. We, we pray for opportunities. Now listen, now listen, here's, here's the deal. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna pray for God to put people in your life, your life needs to be attractional. That means you're not bitter, angry, hateful, judgmental, critical. Are you with me? You need to leave a life that people want some of what you got. Last week, 1 Corinthians 9, to the Jews that become a Jew, Roman, Roman, weak, weak, strong, strong, slave, slave, free, free, that by all means I might win more. Jesus, in Matthew 9, 36, we've used it every weekend <clears throat> in this series, Jesus went, he saw, he felt compassion for the people because they were like, they were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Once you begin to get around people and talk to people that are far from God, that proximity will create a powerful burden. It will unctionize your prayer. Because the prayer's not just for them, the prayer's for you. So pray for open doors. <clears throat> pray for Bob. Since I started praying for Bob, it's incredible what's happened in my life to get to talk to people about Jesus. Bob, who's Bob? Bob is a burden, Bob is an opportunity, and Bob is boldness. To, to walk through that, that door, to be transformed, to walk in that burden. 
Romans 9, 3, this 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 how serious Paul was about this deal. He said, for I wish... For I could wish that I myself were a curse separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren and kinsmen according to the flesh. He said, I'd give my salvation. Man, I got this burden. I've got this drive to see people. Listen, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of this presidential election, in the middle of the greatest mental, emotional crisis in in the last 50 years, which is COVID and all that's going on, if you'll walk in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, if you'll walk in that, people will want that because they don't have joy. They don't have love. They don't have peace. Why? Because Joe Biden might get elected or Donald Trump might get reelected or what about COVID or what about, what about, what about? They got the what about disease. They've got no patience, no gentleness. Their lives are in an uproar. When you walk in, say, don't worry. Be happy. They said, what's wrong with you? Don't you know what's going on? Sure I do, but I got this faith in God and God's on the throne and he's bigger and he's higher and he's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing. I just worship all the way through it. How I wish you had some of my faith. Because if you had some of my faith, you'd be able to sleep at night. Are you with me? That's attractional. Jesus said in Matthew, that same passage, 9, 9 verse 37, he said that the, the, the harvest is plentiful. They're everywhere, but the labors are few. We don't have a, we don't have a, we have a labor problem, not a harvest problem. And we live among the harvest. We just don't notice them because we live in this selfie society that's just worried about me and my foreign no more. Are, you, are, are y'all with me? That's the culture we live in. That's why hard for the harvest is coming. It'll be in the middle of November. And man, I'm praying for, a, it's an offering we do once a year, one, one really giant offering when we give every week, but it's a special offering to expand campuses and do some of our mission stuff. I believe we can give the Lord $2 million on that weekend. Do y'all believe that with me? Come on, do y'all believe that? Okay, now let me explain what that is. That's a golf clap so you don't disturb the golfers on the next green. Man, come on. And so if you hadn't grabbed a magnet, we've got some at every campus. Just grab these, throw them on your refrigerator and pray with your group and your family and your kids. Let them know as to how many seeds you're going to sow. Every dollar is a seed. And we are planting a, we're sowing seeds for the next harvest because you got to plant before you reap. Now, one of our values is we tell them of him and telling them of him means we're going to add value to them. Now, let me tell you what makes life exciting. When you get up in the morning and say, I'm a missionary today. I can't wait to get up today. I'm fired up about today because God's going to open a door. I'm going to pray for Bob this morning. I'm going to add value all day long. You're just watching God. Where are you at work? This is incredible. Instead of getting up saying, I hate today. I want to go to sleep. My job sucks. My life sucks. My family sucks. I hate life. I just think I'll go eat worms and Tell God I'm dead. I mean, it, come on. It's incredible when you get this mission in purpose. Are y'all with me? Are y'all awake? Because y'all look a little asleep this morning. Come on, I know it's the end of fall break and some of y'all drove all night. Come on, can we give Jesus, can we just take a praise break for a minute, wake up. Come on, give Jesus a shout. Goodness gracious. Let's don't let people that we know 
be my life verse for 22 years. No man cared for my soul. For 22 years, nobody told me about Jesus. Nobody prayed for me. Nobody. Let's don't let that be the people in our lives. Where we live, our neighbors, where we work, where we study, where we shop, where we play, our ball teams and our classmates. Do you know how many people are lost and lonely all around you? Do you know how many people are hurting and desperate around you that if they knew the way of salvation, they'd jump on it, they'd scream for Jesus like the pearl of great price? This poem rocked and shocked my world. I haven't shared it with you in a long time, but here it is. I want you to listen to this. My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth, uh, on earth, I walked with you day by day, but never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me straight to him. Together we lived on earth. You never told me of the second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things, that's true. I called you friend and I trusted you. But I've learned now that it's too late, you could have saved me from this fate. We walked by day and we talked by night, and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die. You knew I'd never live on high. Yes, I called you friend in life, and I trusted you through joy and strife. And yet on coming to this end, I cannot now call you my friend. That's sad. I just don't want that to be us. Jeff Cochran, he's uh, one of the pastors at our Fairgate campus. He just did a video on his iPhone about the gospel, put it on TikTok, 5 million views. That 30 people DM him and he led 30 people to Jesus just out of one video. You could do that. You, you, you could do that. It went viral. Acts 8, 31. God tells Philip, hey, I want you to go down to the I want you to go down to this place. I got something I want you to do. So Philip goes down there and he's walking and he sees a chariot and he hears the guy in a chariot in Ethiopian reading the book of Isaiah about the suffering servant. You talk about an open door. And he said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said this in Romans in Acts 8.31, how can I unless someone guides me? How can they come to Jesus unless someone guides them? And he jumped up, led him to Jesus, he pulled over and baptized him. See, prayer is what calls you out into the harvest, not a cop-out that keeps you out of the field. See, praying for loss and not ever talking to him is a cop-out. Does that make sense? Level two is a connector. It's a connector. A connector develops meaningful relationships with people far from God for the specific plan to share Jesus with them. They're not notches on your gun belt. They're people for whom Jesus died. Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Paul said this, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for, them, for them is for their salvation. It's what we do. But see, you got to connect with people far from God. You have to connect with them on their terms. We, be careful of just living in a holy huddle, just you and your four and no more, and everybody around you being condemned. You cannot connect with people if you don't care for people. A guy filled out one of the communication cards. Y'all remember we used to have those, did offerings, had communication cards before pens became an instrument of death and COVID. Y'all remember that? I'm, I'm, I'm about to get back, back mad about it again now. 
Because when we did this card, I said, people are not going to turn them in if we don't take offerings. We, they, people don't do online stuff. So many people have been saved in the last six or eight months. We don't know who they are. We don't know how to follow up. We don't know. And can I just tell you something? Listen, the greatest judgment and condemnation in the Bible is for shepherds that suck. Did he say sucked? In the Hebrew, it's shepherds that suck. If you're in the Bible reading plan, we're in Jeremiah, and God is bringing down the wrath on people that on, on the shepherds to tell people, "Hey, peace, it's going to be okay." When it's not, man, I when people come and they say, "I want Jesus," and we don't know how to follow up with them, man, it, I'm gonna tell you, it, it, it hurts my stomach. And so back then, when we had communication cards in the dark ages, a guy filled one out. I called him. And, and, uh, and I said, hey, man, well, tell me about you and God. God could never love me. So I go to lunch with him that next week. I sent an appointment. I go to lunch. He said, listen, man, I'm gay. God can't love me. I said, I don't know who told you that, but that's crazy. God loves you. Jesus, God loves the whole world. He sent his son to die for you. God loves you. And for two years, I walked with that guy and never could get that guy to realize that God loved him. You can't love and disciple people that you don't know. We got to get people. So how much of your social life is invested in people that are far from God? See, my greatest mission field for years was, the, was a football practice field and a rugby practice field. It just was. I was, you know, my boys were there and you got it. There's no reason to go home. So you drop them off for practice. You walk around and you talk to people. You walk around and you talk to people. America worships sports. Let's go ahead and make that a mission field. But football, I just made my... I was chaplain of their high school football team, coach, and I chaired the gospel, and man, we won lots of people and lots of folks, a lot of their coaches, a lot of those family can't faith promise. See, listen, building a relationship with people far from God and never sharing Jesus is a cop-out. Praying and not building relationships, cop-out. Listening, building a relationship and not sharing Jesus is a cop-out. Some of you already have people in your life you need to be sharing Jesus with now. What's stopping you? This week, third level. Are you still okay? If you're okay, say I'm okay. Level three, inviter. Listen, no shame. Let's move forward. Inviters do more than invite people to church. They boldly invite people into a relationship with Jesus. They share Jesus. Romans 10, 14, Paul said this. He said, how will they, how will they call upon him whom they have not believed and how will they believe whom they have not heard and how will they hear without a preacher? That doesn't mean what I'm doing. It's what I'm doing right now is a different word. It means to herald or proclaim or publish. It's all of us. They, they'll not know if we don't tell them. Acts 1.8, therefore you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. Witness is a legal term to what you have seen and what you have heard. If you've been born again, you have met Jesus. You know what you have seen and what you have heard, and that's all God asks you to tell, what you have seen and what you have heard. But what we did is we lost the going gospel because we said, we'll let the preacher do it. We'll bring them. Can I tell you, there were no professionals in the first century. They didn't even have a Bible. There was no Roman road. They were telling people, hey, I met Jesus. I know you heard he was crucified. He's alive. I met him. He's transformed my life. This is incredible. And man, they transformed the known world in 40 years. You see, it wasn't come and see. It was a go and tell. 
We want Pentecostal, if we want Pentecostal power, we've got to have Pentecostal participation. Now we've said all along, he that wins souls is wise. Not because you're not wise because you win souls, you become wise in winning souls. Answering questions, talking to people far from God, digging and learning, not emailing the pastor and saying, hey, I got a lost guy. He wants to know. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna send you an ugly emoji. <laughs> Find out yourself because in the process of learning, you'll become wise. I don't think you can achieve your full potential without being a soul winner. Now you say, well, every level is getting more difficult. No, it's just getting more deliberate. I believe this. I believe people want to know God because Ecclesiastes said God put eternity in their heart. They want to know they're just not coming to us. And here's the deal. If you don't believe America's not spiritual, seeking today more than they ever have, do Google searches on words that people are searching. They're searching for spiritual truth. Are you with me? And we can, when we have a relationship with them, we can lead them. I went, my, my father's... Uh, Third wife, my second stepmother, died, and I went to California to do a funeral. The funeral was in a bar and a restaurant where they had dinner every night, and I was sitting, and everybody was drinking and getting drunk at a funeral. The world is different than us. And so I began talking to this beautiful young lady, strikingly beautiful, model kind of beautiful, and I began to talk to her and turn the conversation toward Jesus. She said, oh, Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with me. I said, why would you say that? She said, well, I'm a lesbian. I said, really? How come? Why are you a lesbian? And she began telling me a story. Now, women are victims of abuse, but really beautiful young girls, it's worse. I was eight, the school bus driver molested me. I was 10, my coach did this. And she started telling me a, a history of sexual abuse by men. I wanted to be a lesbian by the time it was over. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, men are dogs. She said, all men are dogs. I said, no, Jesus is not a dog. And he loved you and gave his life for you. And he wants a relationship with you. I stood up and I told my dad, hey, we gotta, we gotta do this funeral because everybody's gonna be too drunk and I, Gave the gospel and literally had to carry my dad passed out in a chair from that funeral. The world doesn't have hope, guys. They have to medicate, drink, do something. We have the answer. Young man, I, my first guy led the Lord. I had a little Bible in my pocket, a little pocket in New Testament, and I marked it. I dog-eared the pages, and I didn't know how to find anything in my Bible. His name was Craig. I led him to Jesus. Today, Craig's in the ministry. See, sharing Jesus without inviting them to respond as a cop-out. Y'all see a pattern developing? And this is, my, this is my sentence. I ask everybody, are you ready? This is what I say. Is there anything today that's keeping you from giving your heart to Jesus? And then I, I deal with whatever that is. Let me give you level four. It's a discipler. Disciplers walk alongside the people they lead to Jesus to help them lead their family and friends. Go make disciples, baptize them, Teach them to deserve all I've commanded you and what he could just commanded us to make disciples. See, we believe we won them and we've done. No, you win them, you're not done, you've just begun. So are the people you're winning, winning others? You walk with them, you help them. You, you share with them how it's done. Are the people you're winning doing it? It's just part of the Great Commission. In your seat's a card. On one side is... <clears throat> 
is a burden. I really like to pray over these cards. It's not shame or guilt or condemnation. This is where I am and then where I'm moving to. So do me a favor. We're on the burden scale, one, not very, 10. I'm weeping over lost people. On the other side, just, hey, what, what, what level are you? You may not be on the one, you may not even yet be on a level. Just put the first level by faith. I'm gonna become, I'm gonna become an attraction. I'm gonna pray for people, but in relationships with people. Just, if you would, just fill that out as you're leaving. Drop these in the buckets. buckets. God, we pray for Bob. Father, we desperately need a move of heaven. We're in this self-seeking, self-centered, selfie society. God, we've lost a burden. We've lost the go. Forgive us, Father. Forgive me, God. I do not want the wrath to fall when I stand before you because I didn't teach rightly divide the word of truth. Father, I pray that you will make a, that this will be a, a pivot, a pivot series in a moment of life, faith promise. I pray for burden. I pray for Bob. I pray for boldness. And God, next weekend as we really lay out just how you do it, God, I pray that people are, are, are armed, they're equipped, and we become your army. So let the spirit of God fall on us is our prayer. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give King Jesus a shout of praise in the house.